<clears throat> Recording in progress. Someone recently asked me a question because there is a guy that came out. Um, I'm sure some of you guys have seen the video. He he was um, uh, an ex Satan worshiper <clears throat> um, in South Africa. And um, he'd claimed to come to Christ. And, um, well, I seen his video. I, 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 um, I seen a lot of people posting him, but I didn't see the video. I didn't see the testimony. And so my initial response was like, man, praise God. Like, if you've left Satanism to come to Christ, like, that's, that's amazing. That was my initial response. Um, but then I found some time to finally come around to listen to the testimony. And um, I was 10 seconds into the testimony. And without him really saying anything objectionable, I felt a check in my spirit. And I, I knew this guy didn't convert to our Lord. Um, he, he, no, it, it sounds it sounds very near. But there's something off about this guy. And, um, and as I, as I began to listen to some of what he was saying, and, and then I took note of the fact that he had crystals in the background, and then he had a book or some sort of sign that said Holy Spirit, and it was a female. The Holy Spirit ain't a female. <laughs> uh, I, I know that uh, a lot of your gummy bear preachers on, uh, you know, Instagram are trying to be gender inclusive and all this other stuff and, you know, all this nonsense. But last time I checked, the Bible refers to God as a he. Amen. And and, and uh, God don't have biology. Uh, the Father doesn't Amen. have biology. But Jesus had biology, right? When the days of his flesh, he kind of was a male. Amen. So our God is masculine. Amen. Amen, somebody? Or are you guys reading a different Bible? <laughs> Amen. I, I, I want to I see that the rest of us are following me because um, um, I, I need cooperation. Um, I, I, wa I want to make sure you guys aren't like distracted and watching Joel Olstein while you're here in Bible study. <coughs> I'll, I'll call you out. So get with the program. Um, <clears throat> but um, he he, he uh, had crystals in the background, and uh, Sister Norma, who um, she has a very powerful testimony. If you didn't know, she was into witchcraft, and um, I mean, really deep into that lifestyle. And uh, Ed, uh, forgive me if it's too explicit. You don't want me to put you on blast, but uh, had to have demons cast out of her. Uh, she was, you know, and maybe you wouldn't have referred to yourself as this, but I would say had rank in witchcraft. And, uh, but pointed out that the guy had uh, this uh, uh, flag. I don't know what kind of flag it was, but it's some occultic flag. And yet he's talking about God and talking about, you know, Jesus. And he's using a lot of new age language, like ego and energy and, I'm not here to preach to you, and and I'm not judgy. It's um, what, what does he say? That kingdom of heaven is not a gated community. It's a gated community. What does it say in Revelation that sorcerers, 
whoremongers, uh, the sexually immoral cannot enter in. Right? It's a gated community. Okay, and so I know that we want to give people the benefit of the doubt and and we want people to come into the kingdom. We do, right? And we're eager to see people like that come into the kingdom. But this leads me to the point, and I want to be as quick as possible. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I want you guys to pay attention because if you don't, it will be to your own detriment. You walk around with an absence of 2020 vision. You walk around without eyes in your head. And you'll call good evil and evil good. You call someone a sheep when they're a goat and call someone a goat when they're a sheep. I see it all the time. These these knuckleheads on YouTube think they're doing God a service by calling out everybody, thinking everybody's a false teacher, and they're calling sheep goats. But then some Christians that are very sincere to say that person saved is also calling goats sheep. We don't want to be on either side of the spectrum. Okay? And, uh, but... Um, someone objected to what I said on Facebook about the guy and say, oh, you know, you know, I'm sticking to my guns and I'm saying, that's fine. Uh, we will see in a month from now, wait until the journalists begin questioning him a little more and probing and, uh, you, you can feel free to come back and, and, uh, you know, if, (laughs) if you want and you, you know, you'll see that you were wrong. Um, but Um, Okay, so forgive me, I'm scrambling all over the place. The point, though, that I want to talk to you guys real briefly is about testing the spirits. About testing the spirits. Is that okay? Um, Amen. Amen. Where the heart of that? Yeah, um, we'll... (coughs) Sister Amir, we'll... (coughs) <coughs> see that <coughs> question to the end um but let, let me let me qualify this um you know it was interesting just just the other day i was watching an instagram live video and um i i was like five seconds into the video and i, I never tuned on this person's platform and they had a pretty large platform and they had a visitor on the platform it was a little girl she was about 12 years of age and she didn't look intimidating. She didn't look like she, you know, look like had a bunch of, you know, uh, black makeup and uh, earrings and nose rings. All, you know, so in other words, just looked like a typical girl. Now, it's five seconds into the video. I said, ooh, she's demon possessed. I knew that she was demon possessed. And as they were beginning to converse a little more, she's, okay, let me pray for you. And then, boom, two minutes later, she began to manifest. And through a spirit of Jezebel started laughing with this murderous, mocking laugh. A little 11 or 12 year old girl. I bring this up because this hasn't been only the first experience I've had. I've had numerous occasions where I met someone that I didn't even know. And and I knew by the Lord that this person was possessed with a demon. Without any manifestation, without them explaining a doctrine, without any of that stuff. 
Um, and this isn't to put me on a platform. It's to say that today the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation and function. And the Bible talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and I've seen results. I've seen fruit from this gift. And with calling something as it was, it in, my, my judgment was consistent with the results that, were, that ended up coming about. Namely a demonic possession. Um, and so I wanted to briefly speak to you guys about that, about discernment, about testing the spirits, because not everything that looks good on paper is good. There is a sort of gold that's a fool's gold. Amen. Amen. Right? There is a sort of gold that's a fool's gold. Uh, fool's gold. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to use this analogy. Some people might get mad. Um, but there's a lot of women today that are using a lot of fake eyelashes. They're fake. You weren't born with them. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the stones to come here soon. Um, a, lo- a lot of them today are getting injections in their lips. <coughs> they weren't born with big lips. And uh, it's you have to be pretty naive to not be able to tell when it's plastic. You get what I'm saying? It's it's not true. It's not real. Amen, somebody? Go ahead and get mad. Um no, nah, I'm just I'm I'm kidding. I really don't know if any of you guys do that. I hope you guys don't for real. Um the Lord created you. <laughs> Lord wants you to be natural. Let's just put it that way, okay? Um Amen, somebody? Um, <clears throat> Alright, cool. Cool. You guys aren't mad. Um, but in the church, there, there's people that are false. And um, <coughs> if we can real quickly turn to First John. <coughs> Man, this cough keeps lingering. Um, first John chapter four, verse one, you know, another thing that that ex Satanist worshiper was saying, he said, it's all about love guys. It's all about love. No, it's not. It's not all about love. It's all about God. It's all about Christ. It's not all about love. You know, the, the, the problem today is that the church is worshiping love. They're not worshiping God. Exactly. See, God is love, but love is not God. And you have you have a lot of churches that seem very close to the truth, but they're not worshiping God. They're worshiping worship. They're worshiping love. They're wor- it's they're worshiping other things, and it looks very similar to people who are actually worshiping the Lord. And this is where discernment is needed, right? This is where discernment is needed because discernment is not a matter of black or white cookie cutter sort of stuff. It's a matter of the the gray, discerning the gray, discerning the impurity within the whole batch. Because what did Jesus say? A little leaven leavens the lump. A little. I used this analogy before. 
Some kids try to watch a rated R movie. They ask their dad, hey, dad, can we watch a rated R movie? He says, I'll think about it. Following day, he says, hey, I baked you your favorite cake. It's chocolate cake. Before they're about to dig into it, he says, hey, before you eat, so I just want to warn you. Uh, and, and what the kids said in their defense to try to get their dad to watch the rated R movie, he says, they're just a little bit of nudity. Just a little bit, not a lot. And the dad then makes them their favorite chocolate cake the following day. He says, before you eat, he says, I got to warn you, there's a little bit of feces in it, just a little bit, not a lot. I, 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 would, I would presume that none of you guys would eat that. Okay, so let us not eat false doctrine. Okay, so 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, are you guys with me? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Okay, so 1 John chapter 1, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. What does it say? Don't believe every spirit. What does that imply? That there will be spirits who will try to get you to believe them. Right? See, this is why it's important to pay attention to Bible studies with uh, and and... Uh, and hearing the word of God preached, because let me say this, because I know, and I, I have, I'm gonna call this out. I know that there's some of you that are distracted. In fact, on social media, and the Bible said this is a, um, the Bible said that Jesus knew their thoughts. The Lord will reveal stuff like that to correct you, okay? Because if you can't hear tr- pre- uh, truth preached in times of convenience. What makes you think you can resist lies being preached to you in time of war? Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? In a, in a gathering that, that we've allotted specific, specifically to listen to truth, what are you going to do on your downtime when you're all by yourself and the devil's whispering some very good lies in your ear? Hey, go look at that dirty website. Or hey, do this. You don't really need to forgive. God doesn't really require that anymore. Amen? So, don't believe every spirit. That means that there will be spirits who will try to get you to believe them. Okay, but what does John the Beloved instruct us to do? He says, but test the spirits. To see whether they are from God. Okay, so what does this mean? <clears throat> In order to see that something is from God, the, the word from is the Greek word ek. It's a preposition that means out from. In other words, it derives its origin from this thing. And so we're trying to see and to determine whether or not this spirit... In question, has its origin with God, or has an origin with man, or has an origin with demons? Okay? How do we do that? Well, we have to have sight, first of all. You have to be able to see. In other words, your senses have to be in tune. And once your senses and your faculties are in tuned, Then at that point, you're able to test. 
In other words, you're able to prove, to scrutinize, because guess what? There's a lot of churches out there today that will say that you're judgmental and you're being religious if you put to test their claims. They will say, stop being a Pharisee. Stop being religious. Just stop. Or they're saying you're of the Old Testament. But Jesus said this. He he said, they'll even quote Jesus saying, do not judge lest you be judged. But see, when we... You know, if we don't keep everything in its proper context and we don't allow the whole counsel of God to educate us, we are then going to be a lopsided Christian. I use this analogy many times before. You're going to be the guy who goes to the gym who only works out on his upper body but got chicken legs. That's what you will end up looking like. Because you're only isolating certain texts because when you keep everything in context and you read all that Jesus said, you'll see elsewhere that he said this, judge righteously. Make a righteous judgment. So we have to make righteous judgments about these things. We're to judge, but we're to judge righteously. In other words, we, we are not to have a unrighteous judgment about people or doctrines or things. And so John says, this is a command. Hold on. Oh, man. That's fine. This is a command. It's not a suggestion. And so I just want to give you guys some criteria to be able to try to help you guys to figure out how exactly you might test things. Okay, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians <coughs> chapter 5, <coughs> verse 21, he says, test all things. So included within your scope of testing is everything. Test relationships, test doctrines, test spirits, test places, test atmospheres. Amen, somebody? We got to test all things. And so, here, here's where you test. You test words. You test, the, the way that you test spirits. See, a spirit is an agent. A spirit is a personality. A spirit is a being. It is an entity. But a spirit is the most fundamental. It is the most basic. Okay? And wherever you have spirits, you have affections and feelings, you have thoughts, and you have words. Let me repeat that. Wherever you have a spirit, you have affections and feelings, you have words, and you have thoughts. The most fundamental is a spirit. All of that comes from a spirit. Okay? And then what happens is a spirit produces thoughts. That's, that's why sometimes you have intrusive thoughts because a demonic spirit is feeding you stuff. You're just minding your own business and then an image comes in your head or a crazy thought comes in your head and you are not giving attention to those things. It is a demonic spirit trying to infiltrate your mind. A- amen, somebody? You, amen. you might try to act like amen. you haven't experienced stuff like that, but uh, go ahead and... Uh, um, put on that religious front because this is real spiritual warfare. This is what takes place. Amen. Amen. And so 
these thoughts are trying to infiltrate your mind, then what happens? Suppose the devil says, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. Then that elicits feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's where fear comes in. So all these feelings, you have, you have a spirit, the most basic at the level. You have an agent, a being. He, he, that demon produces thoughts. Right? He produces thoughts in your head. Those thoughts then create feelings. And then those feelings then uh, causes you to speak out or causes you to do things. Amen. So that's why when you're afraid, uh, some people, you know, there's certain people, they can't even drive to the grocery store. They're going to say, I, they say, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It's a demon that is pimping out their mind and harassing them, is tormenting them. Right? Do you see the logical connection there? Do you see the, do you see the chain? Now, why is this important? Because in order to test spirits, we have to be able to test feelings and affections. We have to be able to test thoughts and we have to be able to test words. And what does words concern itself with? It concerns itself with doctrine. Right? Because behind every false doctrine is a human spirit or a demon spirit. Because spirits, they get, without a spirit, you cannot think. That's why if your spirit were to leave your body, all you would have is a carcass, and that carcass would not be thinking. It would not be a thinking agent, because the life has now exited that body. And the body is not who you are, it's, it's a tent. And the spirit is only inhabiting that tent. And so a spirit is the, 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 the platform through which thoughts emerge. And then words emerge, and then conduct is 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 manufactured. Are we following? So now the reason why this is important is because this then breaks down to two different categories. Because we can test words. So if I say something out in the real world, you and I, you and I can judge what I'm saying. It's going to be put on record. I can I can transcribe it on a piece of paper. We can go back and watch these YouTube videos and see, look, you can say, see, look, Brother Greg, this is what you've said. And we can all come together and judge it. But there are certain things that we think, like, for example, and that, that refers to an objective uh, ability to test. <coughs> but here's the thing. What do you do in cases where a demonic spirit is not speaking? How do you test a spirit that is motivating people? How can you test that? You, and, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain real uh, quickly how you do just that. Because if, if someone, for example, the example I gave of that little girl, even before she said anything, I knew she was demon-possessed. How did I know that? She wasn't preaching false doctrine. I didn't know her long enough to know her lifestyle. The reason why I was able to pick that up is because the demon in her was pulsating certain feelings that the Holy Spirit in me was not jiving with. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. Most definitely. Sometime, some years back, I remember I was praying for a brother. And I laid hands on him. And, you know, he was 
completely, you know, clean and you know, I knew him and was well taken care of. He wasn't dirty or anything like that. But when I laid hands on him, I felt uncleanness. I felt a spirit of perversion. And I knew he was watching pornography. Just by laying my hands, I'm, ooh, I don't even like touching him. And I'm not saying that to be better than anybody, but that's what I felt. And I'm like, the Holy Spirit in me was grieved. And I felt, I felt a bit contaminated because of what he was carrying. And I'm not saying this to put anybody down. If you've struggled with that, there is grace that God can help to cleanse you, forgive you, and get you right on track. Okay? I'm just using this as an example. Okay? I'm, I'm not here to beat anybody over the head. I'm here to help educate you guys. Now, that's what I experienced. But how did, I, how did that occur? I didn't catch him red-handed. Do you see? And what I hope to be speaking about uh, with these following verses is to help educate you on how to make proper assessments and judgments when you test the spirits of people. Do you know people can behind, be, be behind pulpits, preach true sound doctrine, and be under a spirit of witchcraft? Do you know that? Preach sound doctrine. So as far as the words are concerned, that we talked about words, affections, and thoughts, they, they got all the words right. But they have a spirit of witchcraft. Why is it witchcraft? Because they're not preaching by the Holy Ghost. They're preaching by their own spirit. And they're wanting to impose their will onto you. And not lead you to fulfill God's will. And so what that creates is bondage. It doesn't create freedom. And so God, people can use God's word just like the Pharisees did. Preach sound doctrine. But if their spirit is contaminated, guess what uh, that will happen? They're going to place you in bondage. Amen, somebody? Amen. <coughs> Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'll just have a, <coughs> a couple of verses here, and then we'll, we'll come to a close. I'm going to try to hurry this along. Um, I, I want to respect your guys' time. But First Timothy chapter 4, uh, thank you, Sister Noemi, I appreciate your prayers. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, okay, as I mentioned, how is it that we test spirits? Through affections and feelings, through words, and through thoughts. Like, those are the different categories that spirits can elicit. Now, with those three different categories, we have to have a criteria to make those judgments. And that criteria are the Holy Scriptures. But it's not only the Scriptures, which is the Word. It's also the Spirit. Because you can have a good theology. And I, I've said this on my post on Facebook just, I think, yesterday. I said, you can be sound in theology and keep company with demons. Why? Because your spiritual perception and faculties have not been trained by the Holy Spirit to be able to detect when demons are in your midst. Does, does, that, make, does that make sense? 
So you can, you can get your PhD in theology, biblical studies, know your Greek and know your Hebrew and still keep company with demons because someone professed the name of Jesus not knowing that that was not a genuine profession. In fact, it might be a genuine profession, but they're professing a different Jesus, probably Bard Jesus or some other Jesus, New Age Jesus, Hindu Jesus, historical Jesus, Right? So, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. This is what the word of the Lord reads. It says, The Spirit clearly says, now the Holy Spirit is saying this, that in the latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. Deceiving spirits. What kind of spirits are they? They're deceiving. And don't, don't play, because they're ancient. They're a whole lot more intelligent than you, and they've had thousands of years to study. Amen? And so, they're deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So, demons are teaching things. And you know how they're teaching things? Through people. That's why it says in 1 John chapter 4, he says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. He says, For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So notice he's linking spirits with human agents. Why? Because spirits inhabit people, and the demons speak to the people in their thought life, and then that thought life then creates a doctrine, and then that doctrine then corrupts people to create behaviors that are inconsistent with the scriptures. Do you see that? And so, (coughs) such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. And isn't that an interesting thing? You would think that Paul is saying they're telling you to go ahead and be a polygamist and and live a licentious lifestyle, but here's the well in this context his concern was primarily the legalists who is keeping people in bondage by strict religious lifestyle and begin to call things that God created as not good. And so whether it's through a hedonist lifestyle and pleasure and do whatever you want or this very strict lifestyle that says don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's not a matter about living in the Holy Spirit. It's a matter about religious laws taught by the traditions of men. Paul is saying in both cases, you're being placed in bondage. So whether it's through the Hebrew Israelites who are uh, 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 whitewashed tombs, who have dead bones in them, who appear holy through their false racist doctrines, or whether it's the liberal guy who's saying that God accepts homosexuality, both are demonic doctrines. Amen. Exactly. Sadly, I see a church, uh, it's really a synagogue of, of the enemy, because they have an LGBT flag right outside, and they accept... Uh, uh, a transgender homosexual priest or it was an episcopal church or something like that and if the, if that wasn't bad enough they they had a little booth so you can get like covid shots or something 
You, you get what I'm saying? This this is the world we're living in, saints. Um, and so Paul is saying, look, this is the this is orientated around doctrine. Be careful about doctrine because they're going to teach certain things. And we know what sound doctrine is because we have 66 books to educate us on what is false doctrine and what is true doctrine, right? It's the wholesome words of eternal life. Paul says to Timothy, keep your doctrine close because in so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. Right? So I think we're good with that. The, the, the main part I wanted to focus on in determining whether something... is coming from a demonic source is going to be this. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Quickly, Matthew chapter 7. Here's one of the tests to determine whether or not someone is... um, operating with the corrupt spirit. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. It says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. And so I wanted you to take note of that real quick. It didn't say shepherd's clothing. There's a lot of people that are guising themselves, disguising themselves as sheep who are not in positions of leadership and they begin to sow faction and seeds of discord among the brethren. Paul says in Acts chapter 20 to the Ephesians elders, he says, uh, For uh, man will rise out from among you speaking twisted things, not sparing the flock, but drawing men unto themselves. If you ever find yourself in a position where you're the reason for a church split, be careful. It's probably because you're drawing men to yourself. So it says, um, not all the time, not all the time. I recognize in some rare exceptions, you kind of are the John the Baptist and you have to stand for righteousness, but, uh, they're very far, few and in between. Um, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And so the outward appearance looks good, but inside there's corruption. He says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree (coughs) bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So what does their lifestyle look like? What are they doing? You get what I'm saying? You know that that's and I I say this uh, with with all uh, humility that this is um so I'm so thankful for people who'd never beg for money in the ministry. Now to be to be fair, you you know you should be supporting your leaders. You should be supporting obviously, but I'm thankful for the men that don't make it about money because there's a lot of people that are exploiting sheep they say give sow this seed of a thousand dollars and God will meet you next week right they say all this nonsense Jesus never said that to anybody he says do you have faith 
That's what, that's what he was looking for. He wasn't looking for your money. He was looking for faith. Now the corrupted church today thinks we're going to win the world by scholarship and money, but we win it by the power of Almighty God. Amen. And so, real quickly, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5, because I want us to examine what those fruits are. We're, we're going to hurry through this. Um, if in any case you want to go back and listen to this, because I'm going too quick, then feel free to do that. Um, but like I said, I want to respect your time. Forgive me, I'm a long-winded preacher. I I, I, I don't in, do that intentionally. Um but I want you guys to be benefited by this, nevertheless. Um, you said Galatians chapter 5. Yeah, Galatians chapter 5. Oh, okay, okay, I'm checking. <laughs> Verse 19. <clears throat> the word of the Lord reads, The acts of the flesh are obvious. So what are the fruits that we, that, that the false prophets will, or false teachers, or just false sheep? They're not sheep, they're wolves. Um, what are they going to be eliciting? <clears throat> Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Notice, this witch form of witchcraft is a work of the flesh, not a work of a demonic spirit. That's important to note because you can still be a witch and a warlock, not because you're dabbling in the occult, but because you're a controlling person that wants to manipulate people by human psychology. A lot of pastors are doing it. You know why? Because they're not speaking by the Holy Ghost. And they don't trust in God to give increase. And so what they do is they start using polls, psychology tactics, and all this other stuff. And guess what's happening? And, and, and it's all on YouTube. They clickbait you all the time. They're manipulating your psychology. Witchcraft. Amen, somebody? Fear tactics. Fear-mongering, spiritual abuse, witchcraft. You might be guilty of it yourself. Trying to control people. It's not good. <clears throat> now, let me say this to be fair, because some people like to swing on this side of the pendulum and say, you know what, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to avoid saying stuff to people all together. No, if it's consistent with the scripture saying, look, man, the Bible says don't commit adultery. You need to get your life right. Then I have, I have perfectly good grounds to correct you. The point that we're talking about is in areas and issues where this Bible is silent and God is giving you freedom and liberty to make your own decisions. And when people are trying to control those areas of your life. And even in the points where you're wrong and you're living an immoral life and someone corrects you from the scriptures, even at that point, they don't have authority to control you. All they can do at that point is correct you and hope that you make the will and the decision to return back unto the Lord. Amen? So we see what, what else? Witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So, remember I told you that one of the ways we're able to identify the works of a demonic spirit is by affections and feelings? Jesus, uh, Paul's saying that if we're living by the Spirit, we've crucified those feelings and affections. Right? What are those feelings? Hatred. So how, how is it that you can pick up a demonic spirit even if you're not seeing what they're doing? You're not even... Uh, um, there's no doctrine or behavior to judge. Well, this way. Have you ever spoken to someone and they said everything good on paper? but you knew that they were speaking from a spirit of jealousy and you just sensed it off of them? Have you ever been there? Or they spoke from a spirit of hatred and you just, you, you couldn't put your finger on it, but you're like, hey, some, something feels weird right now. What? <laughs> like, like I, I hear what you're saying, but why, why, do, why, do you, why does it feel a certain way with you? Because they're, they're lying with their words, but their spirit is giving off communication. You know, I learned from my cousin, um, and, and I appreciate his uh, prophetic uh, uh, ministry, and uh, I, I, it's always stuck with me. He says, you can lie to me, but you can't lie to the Holy Ghost in me. You can lie to me, but you can't lie to the Holy Ghost in me. Amen. But but my brothers and sisters, in order to be able to say that with confidence, you have to be able to exercise your senses, not natural senses, your spiritual senses, to be able to discern both good from evil. Because if you don't judge spirits and people on the basis and the strength of your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you're going to judge them off a critical spirit. And in which cases, people who claim to have discernment end up having very little. The ones who claim to have it the most turns out to be those who are off by a long shot. And they, they think that they're God's best witch hunter on YouTube exposing everybody. <laughs> but they just can't expose themselves, apparently. Right? It, it's like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> right? Spiritual Blair Witch Project. <laughs> uh, I love shooting daggers at those guys. They're annoying. And they're doing a lot of harm to the body of Christ. Um, they are. They really are. And... Uh, <coughs> Turn to Acts chapter 16... Um, <coughs> I want to show you that, um, I want to show you that what I'm talking about is biblical. Let me show you an instance where someone is actually saying the right thing, but their spirit is contaminated. Acts chapter 16, um, 
verses 16 through 18. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So, guess what? Spirits like to interrupt your prayer. If you find your prayers interrupted, it's probably because it's not God. And this is exactly what the devil is doing in this case. They're met by a woman who is under the spirit of witchcraft of Python, and they were about to pray, and then guess who just shows up? It's, it's kind of like when you're about to pray, and guess who just rings your phone? Do you think that was coincidental? Okay, so what happens is she, she, she's able to predict the future, right? So at that point, some people are like, oh, look it, look it. We need her on our ministry. We could use her, right? And then if that wasn't enough, look at what's happening. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. What did she say that was a lie? She's not lying. She's In fact, she's campaigning Paul. She's campaigning the servants of the Lord. She's saying, These men are... And what's interesting, she doesn't even say a way of salvation like Oprah Winfrey. She says, They show you the way. But she's possessed with a demon. So what are you going to do in those instances where everything that they're saying is true? But we will see here that Paul is able to identify something that is off. He says, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, to command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So, what was the result of her campaigning, or of her promotion of Paul? Paul's spirit was annoyed. So, you know what demons do? You know what happens when people, even when they say right things, but their spirit is is contaminated? is it conflicts with the Holy Spirit inside you. That's how you know they're off. Amen. So you're going to be able to look at their fruit, but sometimes you may not know the person long enough to be able to judge fruit. Right? Or... sometimes you're not going to be able to sit around enough to ask them doctrinal questions. Oh, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe you're not going to be able to do all that. So in these little snapshot moments, how are you going to be able to make those judgments? Spirits give off feelings. In the same way that you can walk in a room and know that someone is against you or have bitterness towards you because you sense it in the air is in a similar way that when someone's operating by a demonic spirit, the Holy Ghost in you says, "There, I'm water and there's oil around and there's no mixture here. But if you're blind perceptionally, you won't be able to call those judgments. And you might in fact keep 
presence with demons. Does, that, does it make sense? Yes, sir. <clears throat> okay, so we're coming to a close now. I want to just leave you with these verses on how you build spiritual perception. Because that's probably what you guys are asking. Well, how, how is it that I can actually come to the place where I'm developing the spiritual judgment? And, well, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says that um, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need for one to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You have need of milk, not meat, for meat belongs to them who are of full age, who by reason of exercising their senses can distinguish both good from evil. So it takes constant practice, practice and exercising your senses, not your physical senses, your spiritual senses. Amen. You got to exercise them. You got to put them to use. Like, for example, a real good practical example is to be conscious and intentional about this. Just yesterday, I went to a taco truck. It was a really cool experience. I'm talking to the guy. I'm ordering my food. The Holy Spirit says, uh, the guy, he uh, was on a soccer team. He got injured in his left leg, and he can't play anymore. And I was like, hey, man, uh, this sounds really interesting, but uh, I'm hearing that you were um, on a soccer team, but you injured your left knee um, from playing soccer, and you can't play anymore. And he's like, what the heck? What You're tripping me out here. And the, the Holy Spirit began to show me other things. But here's the thing. That didn't happen overnight for me. It had taken constant practice, constant use by inclining my ear to the Holy Spirit and asking him, what are you saying for this man in front of me? Amen. When people come into your life, you ask the Holy Spirit, who is this person? What agenda do they have? What is their motive? And why are they here? But, but, but some of you, she, it's a pretty lady. Or it's a handsome man. And you're just bedazzled by it. And you're relying on what your natural senses communicate to you. And as a result... You don't inquire of the Holy Ghost and ask the Spirit what His senses are wanting to communicate to you. What His senses. You know, just recently I I had, I'm not going to give a bunch of details, but there was someone communicating with me. And... Um, Let's just say that they, they had a load of sins. <coughs> and they, they put the fir first foot forward and said that they were committing this sin. And it's bad, yeah, it's bad. But it wasn't atrocious. But then the Holy Spirit said, Ah, 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 she, uh, the, she's uh, lying here. Uh, there's more to the story. And then so I'm like, okay, Lord. And begin the probe. I had no knowledge of it. It turns out to be the case that it was in fact on point. And I, I bring that up because in, in cases like this, people can feed you stuff to try to pacify you. And you would be satisfied at that point and say, that's all that's to the story. But the Holy Spirit is resonating with inside of you and saying, no, there's more to the story. And my point in bringing that up is this. 
Are you able to, in those instances, to rely more on what the Holy Ghost says more than on what your senses are picking up? This will save your life. Trust me, it will. It will it will help you to avoid snakes. It will. And without this, without this capacity, you will be shadow boxing. And so here's the verses I want to leave with you. How do you build that spiritual perception to be able to detect these demonic feelings or affections, demonic thoughts or doctrines or fruits? Right? We know from the scriptures and we know from the Holy Spirit. But the way you build that capacity and perception are these three things. Number one from Proverbs chapter 2 is prayer. The Bible says, If from then you cry out with, for knowledge and lift up your voice from understanding, then shalt thou find the knowledge of God and wisdom shall be pleasant unto your soul. It shall keep you from the crooked way. And from men with perverse speech. So how do you obtain spiritual perception? Is through prayer. Because it is through prayer that you're communing. Your spirit is communing with the Holy Spirit. And as you commune, you are becoming so familiar with the language and the communication of the Holy Spirit such that when you begin to hear other people, you know when they're speaking a language that is foreign to His. Mm. Okay. Ian Bounds says this we love fellowshipping with men speaking about the father but oh where are the men that love fellowshipping with the father speaking about men and so your fellowship must be with the father must be with the Holy Spirit and as you fellowship with him and he begins to communicate with to you, your lo- his love for you, the Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love, his love in our hearts, right? That's what the Bible says. God shed abroad uh, the, his love in our hearts to the Holy Spirit. You know that when these other false Christians who are speaking about a love that is not his love, not God's love, you know that when they're speaking from a contaminated spirit, it's not the love you experience every day in your prayer closet, Right? It's that it's it's the perverted love that says let's accept LGBT. And you can pick it up in the atmosphere and say there's contamination here. It's not the it's not the pure love of the Holy Ghost. And I sense it in your voice. I sense it because it gives off a spirit. Number 2 <clears throat> is obedience. It's obedience. And and number three is practice. So you practice hearing God. So you pray, you practice, and you obey. Okay, let me just read this uh, last verse here in Psalms. And because this will be very insightful. Why is obedience important? Well, here's the reason why. You know the most people you know the most knowledgeable people aren't the most knowledgeable people it's the most obedient Those who know God the most are the most obedient because they're the most intimate And so that's why I can speak with someone that has three times a greater intelligence and IQ than me 
and who don't fully obey God, and my wisdom will confound theirs because I listen to the God whom I love. Because he will show me things that he will not show that person. Amen. You know why? Because the counsel only belongs for friends. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Psalm Psalm uh, twenty five. Psalm twenty five. I'm okay. So, um, verses eight through fifteen. Let's just read this real quickly. Um. <clears throat> Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right. That's why when you're proud, you're already messed up on the wrong foot. You have to be humble. <coughs> and he teaches them his way. <coughs> All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the way they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides. So the Lord does some confiding. And he does it for his friends. Who are his friends? Those who obey him, who are humble, and who love him. And he confides in them. In those who fear him, he makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on the affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. And so, look it. He's doing this for the upright, for the humble, for the obedient, for those who keep his covenant. So how is it that you develop spiritual perception? Is you obey Him. That's why those who don't obey Him end up getting their hands tied with some people they shouldn't be with or associating with. Right? And then they end up justifying it and say, I believe this is the will of God. Their inability to perceive all began and stemmed from their disobedience. And Jesus says this to the Pharisees, did he not? You are they who justify yourself among men, but God knows your hearts. Amen. Amen. So a lack of intimacy with God in our hearts and being far from God in our hearts ends up leading to justifying ourselves, justifying our blindness. So number one is prayer. Number two is obedience. And number three is um, the word. And this is uh, Psalm 119, verse 98. Psalm 119, verse 98. And this is the last verse. <clears throat> Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. And in all of Psalm 119, David continues to say, Oh, how I love your law, how I meditate on your law all the day. And so what does he say? That his commands make him wiser than his enemies. And so we see through prayer, through precept, or in other words, through the word, and through obedience is how you develop your spiritual perception. And as you constantly practice and give yourself to them, you will increase your sight and you will increase your ability to detect 
uh, when things are contaminated. Amen. And so it has to be daily, right? And so, um, I I hope I. 